Today on the Travel Guys. In the travel news, Hawaii is getting ready for a big summer of visitors. We have the latest good and bad news, whining included, from the cruise industry. We tell you the hottest tour destinations for 21 and 22, and there's an announcement regarding sports leisure vacations, Giants and A's baseball trips. Sometimes a travel guy can get caught in a trap we warned you about. In our Smarter Traveler segment in 320, Mark has a rental car horror story to share. We talk about why you won't be able to cruise to Alaska this summer and how many countries are adding themselves to the only come if you're vaccinated list. It's Mother's Day, and at 335, we'd love to hear your favorite travel story with your mom. The phone numbers are 916-921-1530 and 800-835-1530. Call us after 3.30. There'll be a seized gift card for the best mom travel story. Tauk Tours is a well-known name in the travel industry, having been around for nearly 100 years. How is the restart going for America's premier tour company? We'll find out at 350. Happy Mother's Day, and thank you for joining us today on The Travel Guys. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. To Alaska, I go north to Russia's own. Welcome, welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Travel and Entertainment Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Thanks for uh, coming along. Don't forget now, you can follow along and get links to our special guests here on the show at TravelGuysRadio.com. Today is Mother's Day, and I have something special I'd like to share with you here. A friend of mine sent it out to his friends this week, and I thought it would be an appropriate thing to start the program with on Mother's Day. Your mother is always with you. She's the whisper of the leaves as you walk down the street. She's the smell of special foods you remember, flowers you pick, the fragrance of life itself. She's the cool hand on your brow when you're not feeling well. She's your breath in the air on a cold winter's day. She is the sound of the rain that lulls you to sleep, the colors of a rainbow. She is Christmas morning. Your mother lives inside your laughter. She's the place you came from your first home, and she's the map you follow with every step you take. She's your first love, your first friend, even your first enemy, but nothing on earth can separate you. Not time, not space, not even death. So all to all the moms and to all those who are remembering their moms on this day, we say Happy Mother's Day. Well, by golly, look at there, Mark, you... You choked me up at the beginning of the show. Now what am I to do? <laughs> you, we're, we're that, was, gonna... that was the, that was really really sweet. That was great. Well, thank you. Thanks to my buddy Jim Brennan for that. We're going to ask people about travel stories with their moms later on in the program. Do you have do you ever travel with your mother any place? Or... Well, I did. My mom has passed, but when I was when I was young, we lived in Modesto, and uh, her family lived down in Southern California, and. Uh, 
occasionally um, my dad would be working or whatever, and mom would would take a Greyhound bus from Modesto to uh, uh, Redlands, California, in that area. And uh-huh. anyway, uh, every time we stopped at a bus stop, uh, I would hunt down the nearest pinball machines, which there seemed to be an abundance of at uh, <laughs> bus stops. I don't know. I was somewhere between the ages of eight and eight and 12. And anyway, so I would get so involved in playing the pinball machine, especially if I hear that little pop and you rack up another uh-huh. game or two. Yeah, yeah. And then and, and then all of a sudden, you know, I would have four or five games to play and I'd feel a hand on my shoulder. Uh-huh. And it would be mom. Saying, it's time for the bus to go. <laughs> we got to get on the bus. She she only left me behind once. And the, and after that, I, I learned to uh, immediately no longer say, but I got to finish these games, Mom. I would I would say, anybody want to play off a couple of games? I got to go. Oh, so anyway. A, that is a great story. If you, uh, if you have a travel story with your mom, I don't know if you could top that one, but uh, uh, goodness, that's a, that's a good one. Um, after 3.30, after the news at 3.30 today, and we're going to take a segment and, uh, and hear a few stories. So if you've got one, why uh, save it and... And stand by. We got quite a bit of news here today. Yeah, and you better have a story for me, too. Okay, I got one. I got one. All right. Top of the Travel Guys radio show. We bring you up to date on the travel news. And with it, here's Mark. Well, it says here that Hawaii is preparing for the summer season. Hawaii is expecting almost normal visitor counts by the second half of the summer. Now, keep in mind that Hawaii has not dropped the you still have to be tested um, and or vaccinated when you get to the to to get onto the islands starting next week they are going to folks who are Hawaiians who can prove they've been vaccinated will be able to move inner island without testing so if you're a Hawaiian native and you can prove that you've been vaccinated some of the rules will get a little bit less for you but if you're going to Hawaii this summer at least as it stands right now you still have to have proof of vaccination and or the testing before you go. So don't forget about all of that because that will be important. But anyway, Hawaii says that uh, they got beaches and they're and they've got open spaces. And those are the two things that people are still looking for right now, says the United States Tour Operators Association. They did a recent survey and asked people where they were thinking of going as travel recovered in in twenty. 21 and 2022 Uh, nearly half of the respondents were cautiously optimistic about being able to travel before the end of the year Uh, another 24 cents said they were optimistic they would be traveling in the first half of 2022 so that's about three quarters of all of the folks there they were asked domestically what were some of the most popular destinations and uh, in terms of booking or inquiries uh, from the operators that are a member of USTOA, they said Alaska by far. So isn't it interesting? We're going to talk a little bit in our next segment about Alaska and and break down that why you can't cruise to Alaska and because of the Jones Act and stuff, something we thought would get taken care of this year but hasn't. So there won't be cruises to Alaska except on really small ships this year. But Alaska is a top destination for people to go. Of course, you don't have to go on a ship. You can go fly to Alaska and do a vacation just like you would with any other destination. Arizona and Utah, Florida and Wyoming, all in the top five. Arizona and Utah for wide and Wyoming for wide open spaces and Florida for beaches. 
So let's hope that folks going to Florida are booking them not too close to the peak hurricane season at the end of August. But we'll see how that goes. Cruise Line, speaking of Florida, Thomas. Yep. Cruise lines have uh, been in the news just about every week. You know, there's usually good news, bad news, and somebody's usually whining about something. This week is no exception. Uh, Norwegian Cruise Lines CEO says that his company could move their ships from Florida over the vaccine law. Now, here's the deal. This is kind of a catch-22. The, the ships have been told if they can get 98% of their crews vaccinated and 95% of their passengers vaccinated, they don't have to do make-believe cruises. They can just jump right back in the water, which they would really like to do. But the governor of Florida, who's running for president in four years, just hasn't formally announced it yet, he's saying, well, there's not going to be any formal vaccination cards or you don't have to have a vaccination. Well, the cruise ships operate from Florida. So in a stunning flip of things here the cruise ships want people to be vaccinated and the governor says he doesn't care and so norwegian says well if you don't start caring soon then we're going to move our ships that would be this week's wine from the cruise operators the cdc on the other hand says here's the guidance if you want to operate test voyages before you go back in the water for real here's all the things you need to do and if you recall the cruise lines had lined up thousands of volunteers to take these test voyages mm-hmm. so that they could get back in the water so it just depends on now who blinks first I guess in terms of uh, and so there's the good news there's the, the the bad news and the whiny news here's the good news all right I'm ready Norwegian Cruise Lines Holdings is donating $10 million to struggling Alaskan, Alaskan communities. Coincidentally, they are all uh, shoreline communities that uh, are probably hurting dramatically because of the lack of folks landing on cruise ships. Juneau, Ketchikan, Skagway, Seward, and Sitka are among the places that uh, Norwegian Cruise Lines is donating a large sum of money to so that folks there in the tourism industry can help cover some of their losses and hopefully survive until the cruise ships get back to next year. So I give the cruise lines plenty of garbage on this program, and Lord knows from time to time they deserve it. So kudos to Norwegian for stepping up to the plate and putting their money where their mouth is since they don't have a lot of money right now. That's an really? extra, yeah, yeah. That's an extra special deal, I think. It is. It is. I mean, they're already suffering from not being able to uh, make a buck for quite some time to be able. How many millions was it? Uh, Ten million. Ten million. Ten and million. You, yeah. Well, you spread it over six small communities and there's a pretty good chance that there is more than a handful of folks who might get enough to tide them through the winter or, you know, get to the next thing. They may be taking care of vendors that are that supply them or whatever. But, you know, those are all people in Alaska. They all got to have jobs and and incomes and stuff. So good for the cruise ships. Um, if they can't get there, why I'm not just forgetting those folks, but at least for Norwegian, they're keeping them in mind. A lot of people have been banned from the airlines, Tom, since the mask mandate started. Over 4,000 now, and that is without American Airlines and Southwest Airlines reporting their numbers. So uh, United is 750. So if you assume that those two other carriers are somewhere in that range, that would that would put you well over 5,000 people who have been banned from flying uh, because of the mass situation. A number uh, more have been fined, including one that owes more than $30,000 in penalties. So uh, I flew a few times this last week, came home yesterday from uh, 
Memphis by way of Denver on United, and the airports were pretty busy. Mother's Day crowds, I'm guessing. A lot of people who didn't get to see Mom last year on Mother's Day, and they're on their way to see Mom this year. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but everybody was masked up and behaving themselves. Uh, maybe the word is is getting through, but at least there are several thousand people who aren't going to be getting on an airline anytime soon because they haven't learned to behave themselves yet. And finally, uh, last announcement here. This is a little bit self-serving, but Sports Leisure Vacations, which uh, underwrites this program, takes people to baseball games in Oakland and San Francisco. They certainly used to. What's the the news? Getting tickets for those, uh, for groups for those uh, games has been a little bit difficult. But we have some now. We are going to see the Giants and the Dodgers on May the 23rd, which is two weeks from today. Um, There are about eight or nine tickets left. We are also going to see the Diamondbacks on a Thursday, June the 17th. Um, You go to TravelGuysRadio.com and get the information. There also are a couple of A's games against the Red Sox on July the 4th and the Yankees later on this year. Um, again, TravelGuysRadio.com. These tickets were uh, released on Friday to our Travel Club members. So the tickets for the games are limited. So I would suggest giving a call Monday morning if you are interested in taking in some baseball with the first place San Francisco Giants, I might add. And there you go. And, of course, uh, you know, as you probably already know, uh, if you go to a Giants or A's game, and I'm sure the A's are the same, you either have to have uh, your vaccination card to show that you've been vaccinated, both vaccines, both, both shots, uh, and or uh, tests within 72 hours of uh, of the game. So that would be the only only qualifier, right? There's Mark? kind of kind of a trend going on there. Oh yeah, and the Giants now have um, sections where they're selling all the seats because all the people are vaccinated, or sections where they're still socially distancing people that's where we are uh, for the first game that we're going down but for folks who would who are looking for a piece of the normal um, 30 people on a 55 passenger motor coach everywhere everybody wearing masks and uh, so we are going to head down to the ballpark in two weeks hope you can join us and that's your travel news for today all right coming up uh, in just about three minutes it's the smarter traveler segment and we're going to talk about well mark's going to share his experience renting a car a little bit of a horror story oftentimes we we warn you about things that could happen little traps along the way and (laughs) i think mark might have stepped in one we'll we'll check that out when we come back here on the travel guys put on my blue suede shoes and i boarded the plane Walking in, in Memphis walking here, Memphis, pretty soon. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we speak. Well, welcome, my friends. It's uh, Mark and Tom, the travel and entertainment guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Uh, song was "Walking in Memphis," and Mark, you did a a little walking in Memphis uh, just recently. What I was did. The I spent most of the week in Memphis. I got on an airplane and flew yeah. to a big airport, and got off and got on another airplane. And flew to another airport. And the only reason I'm being a little facetious about this is because when I got there the next day, I was in a room with about 15 other tour operators. And as we went around and gave updates on our company, three or four people said, yeah, yesterday I got on an airplane and flew here. (laughs) (laughs) So these are people who are travel professionals, and they were amazed and amused. Memphis. 
We told folks, uh, not just Memphis, but we told you about horror stories in Hawaii about having to pay a lot of money for cars, about having to wait for cars in a lot of places. I ran into that in Memphis on Monday afternoon. Took two hours and 45 minutes from the time that I walked up to the rental car counter to get a car and drive away. Um, this is despite being fairly high up the Hertz ladder. Uh, if you did, if you weren't on the Hertz ladder, God bless you, uh, because there yeah. were some nice people who were there. It took me an hour to get to the. If your name isn't on the board, they have a board with all of their frequent renters. So if your name isn't on that board, you go wait in the line. Your name should be on the board hypothetically, but then you wait in the line, which was over an hour long. Once you get out of the line, you waited them for a car to come up. They were literally turning them as they were being turned in. And the people who didn't have any status with Hertz, uh, it was over an hour while I was standing there before anybody in that line got a car at all. Now, Uh Hertz was the only inflicted company at this airport, but in Denver, I heard it was National that had the huge problem. People were talking when I was connecting there about National having hours and hours long waits. So really and truly – yeah, go ahead. Now this is now this is after um, making a reservation yes. ahead of time. Yes, uh, a, as somebody with Hertz that's a yep. member and, and a that. status, mm-hmm. and you still had how was the price? Uh, ridiculous, four hundred dollars okay. for a week in in Memphis. Norm, that's about one hundred and twenty five dollars over what it would have been uh, for what they call a full size car, which is uh, like uh, a Nissan. Uh, Ultra or something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. Ultima, mm-hmm. something like that. So mm-hmm. um, at, at, when they finally gave me a car, an SUV, uh, gave me a car with plates that would have expired during the rental. Fortunately, the guy at the gate caught it. <laughs> and so I had to turn around and go back, and it was another 20 minutes before I got another car. Fortunately, they were they were prioritizing. Um, hotel, uh, Holiday Inn Express, fairly modest hotel. Uh, no housekeeping at all. Had You had to request housekeeping, go to the front desk for towels. Um, they were short-staffed, only one person in the hotel at night. So if you needed anything, you needed any help, uh, it was incumbent upon you to, to handle self-service. Breakfast at the hotel, which was included, kind of an expanded continental, was fairly normal. Um, all the fast food restaurants in Memphis had huge lines to their drive throughs uh, Nobody had dining rooms open. They're all incredibly short of staff. Um, uh, the, the, and the interesting thing about that is that – that's somewhat regional. In Memphis, the starting minimum wages are in the eight, nine dollars an hour range. Well, if you're getting three hundred dollars a week unemployment, do the math. Eight times forty is three twenty. So there's not a lot of incentive. On the West Coast, you know, a lot of the folks working even in fast food are making eleven, twelve. At Seattle the other day, I saw in and out trying to hire at sixteen dollars an hour. So if you're getting forty hours a week, then so the bottom line here is the reason you don't have any help in some cases is because the salaries are too low. And people have to get child care and stuff. Anyways, um, really hurting on staff there in that particular town. Um, if I never eat barbecue again, good Lord, I must have had 26 barbecue <laughs> meals in a row. Memphis barbecue is great. Uh, we were out by Graceland, which uh, has reopened. And, of course, there's still a whole section of town there that is where, where Elvis's mansion uh, is and his airplanes and all that stuff. So if you were there many years ago, it hasn't changed a whole lot. Um, no, Elvis, cool. is, Elvis has just been gone a little while longer, but the whole experience, if you mm-hmm. want it, is still there. Memphis is a cool city. Beale Street in the Blues, highly recommended. I put it in the top ten in the country, absolutely. Um, wanted to talk for a minute, Tom, about the Jones Act and cruises in Alaska 
and uh, we promised people that we would tell them a little bit about this. The Jones Act basically says that if you want to sail between all U.S. ports, you have to have a ship that's built in the United States. It has to have U.S. crews. There are a lot of U.S. qualifications there. Um, the only way to avoid that is to stop at an international port along the way. Ensenada is a favorite place for Hawaii cruises to stop. Victoria is a play- favorite place for Alaska cruises to stop. Sometimes people don't even get off the boat. It's just a, a, a port of call and move on in order to get around this law. We thought that the law might be suspended for this year, but it was not, which means that you can't cruise to Alaska because Canada – is not allowing American cruise ships to stop in their ports, not even for this little informal port uh, call in order to be mm-hmm. able to make the Alaska cruises legit. So there's more information on that at TravelGuysRadio.com, but it basically was something that was created in order to protect labor in the United States and make sure that people who built and, and crewed their ships in other places couldn't come here and take money out of the pockets of U.S. citizens. In this particular case, it's become... A little bit of a problem. So um, after the break, Tom, we're going to talk to some folks about their mother's, their travel stories with mom. You shared yours, which I thought was kind of classic there, pinball machines and the Greyhound bus. You can't get any more real than that. But uh, if you have a, if you have a travel story, 916-921-1530 or 800-834-1530. We'll take a few calls when we come back. And uh, award a, a prize to the person with the best mom travel story here on the Travel Guys. That's great. All right. That's a, speaking of uh, the the uh, prize. It's a C's gift card. So, I mean, that's incentive enough. All right. That's all coming up. Make that call. We're here. We are the Travel Guys. Hey there, it's Mark and Tom. A happy Mother's Day to you. It's the Mother's Day edition of the Travel and Entertainment Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Mark, uh, hey. let's go ahead and let's go ahead and give those numbers. Tell folks what okay. we're going to do here. Um, I thought that well, was kind of kind of interesting news. Without the tilt, especially since you had been talking about pinball machines early games earlier. <laughs> Anyways, um, yes, if you have a story about you and your mom traveling, nine two one nine one six nine two one fifteen thirty or eight hundred. Eight three four, fifteen thirty. I Tom, I I loved your story about the uh, about the Greyhound bus and the pinball pinball games. I don't know if there's any any better story than than that one. I remember one time uh, being already in New York, and one of my groups was headed uh, to New York City. And when we got to New, when they arrived in New York City, and I met them in the baggage claim, the tour director who had brought them said, "Boy, am I ever glad to see you? It's been a really interesting day." And I said, "What's that?" He says, "Well." Uh, you know, your mom is on this trip, and I said, yeah, she's always wanted to come to Broadway and see theater on Broadway, and this is her big chance. He said, yeah, well, she almost didn't make it. He said, we were in Denver, and, you know, they were about to close the doors. The flight attendant came on and said, uh, do we have a passenger, Gene Hayes, on the plane? And uh, nobody answered. And he said, I wasn't really paying attention. And then the tour director said to me, he said, oh, my God, I realized that that was Mark's mother. And she wasn't on the airplane. And Oops. Yeah, so he uh, ran up to the flight attendant just as they were about to close the door. And as it turned out, Mom was coming down the jetway. She'd gone to the restroom or been distracted somewhere or something. But Scott was like, oh, my God, what if I had brought a group to New York City and left Mark's mother in the airport in Denver? 
So um, mom had a great time in New York. Uh, she loved the theater, and uh, my only regret was the fact that she had a son who uh, owned a tour company, and but her health wasn't very good uh, as she got older, and she wasn't able to take advantage of a lot of the opportunities that that would have presented. But she did make it to New York one day, barely made it through the Denver airport, but once she got to New York, why, uh, she, she was fine. So. All right, we have a couple of callers that uh, want to tell us their Mom's Day travel story, so let's get to it. Uh, let's see, I think this is Charity in Roseville, am I right? Cherry. Oh, Cherry, hey, well, welcome to the Travel Guys. How you doing, my dear? Fine. All right, well, so you, you... You got a... You got a story... Sorry. Yeah, that's okay. Go ahead. I was just saying, in 2009, we were traveling to in Germany with my mother-in-law, and we stopped along the way. We were she was German, and so she knew the area well. We stopped at uh, various uh, truck stops. Well, I guess you'd call them over there something else, but we stopped there to get a bite to eat and use the facilities. And when we got to our hotel, the next morning, she woke up and she said, Terry, can you look at this? There's something on me. And on her torso, I looked close. She had a tick, and she was 80 years old. And she said, oh. I don't even go hiking. What do you – she had a tick on her. It was crazy. And all we could figure out was when we stopped at the rest stops that maybe some travelers had – Flung a tick off and somehow did crawl down her shirt, and she got this tick. Oh no! Oh my gosh! I didn't know what to do because I just—it was really before cell phones were in much use. So I tried to tried to put a little match head near it. That why we didn't want to burn her, and it was just the strangest thing. So we finally—I didn't. She didn't want me to pick it out. But then we went to the doctor in Berlin, and we finally found a doctor there. And I saw all over the waiting room that ticks were endemic in Germany. My so goodness. Oh, my gosh. Something you would So we went into the doctor, and they removed. And all the doctor did was take some tweezers and dig the thing out, which I could have done easily. But... Well, all right, Cherry. Th- 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 thank <laughs> wow. you for that story. That that was a quite unusual. There that you is, go. Uh, that's different. All right. Uh, Andrea, calling from San Francisco, Hi. I do believe. Hi. Hi there. Do you have a mo- Hi. Yes, I, I do. So I took my dear, sweet, 75-year-old mother on a fantastic camping trip at the ocean, and we had great food and drinks and the best air mattress and everything, and we got there and got everything out, and I left the tent at home, and my little 75-year-old mother had to sleep in the car. (laughs) (laughs) And she wasn't mad at me, so she's a really great mother. I was afraid we couldn't beat the pinball story, but I, I believe, I believe we might have found that mom had to sleep in the car. That's a great story. Wow, I thought she was going to tell me that she get everything and ready to go, and but they forgot the pump for the air mattress. <laughs> she forgot but that, the, the, the forgetting the tent is uh, just just right on top of that. 
Well, okay. Uh, let's see. How much time do we have? We got about a minute and a half, Mark. Uh, Luis, have you, not... is, Luis, have you got a, a, a Mother's Day story? Yeah, let's do that. Uh, yeah, actually, I do. I, ha- I have a pretty nice trip that I took with my mother-in-law. Uh-huh. Uh, we went to Lake Berryessa, and it was a, uh, the, the water level was high enough so where what they call the um, the Lake Berryessa glory hole was present, and uh, you could watch the water drain down there. And there were people selling shirts and merchandise nearby, and it only it doesn't happen very often, so it was pretty cool. And uh, my mother my mother in law is a big fan of the macabre, kind of like Clayton was talking about. Uh huh. And there was some uh, historical murders, I believe, like the Zodiac Killer had done some activity around there. So we went and we looked at uh, the, those sites as well, and she had a lot of fun. She took pictures and all that. Wow. <laughs> well, all right. Well, well hey, let's, thank you, guys. Hey, Luis, let's make sure that we uh, flag our, our, our uh, lady with mom sleeping in the car there um, so we can get her that gift card if you, if you can. Will do. All righty. Hey, look, uh, we're going to take a short break, and when we return, it's Talc Tours, now known as just Talc been around for a hundred years. How is the restart going for America's premier tour company? We'll find out when we come back here on the Travel Guys. I'm on my way. I'm on my way. Hey there, my friends. Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano, the Travel and Entertainment Guys, with you. Brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Remember now, links to our special guests, as well as other stuff to make you a smarter traveler, can be found at TravelGuysRadio.com. Got a super special guest on uh, today. Mark, why don't you introduce uh, who we're going to be talking to for the next well, 10 minutes? Tom, if you're a traveler who has taken an escorted vacation over the last number of years, it's possible you may have heard of this company. They are quite well known around the planet, Talc Tours, now known as Talc. It is our pleasure here um, to welcome Jeremy Palmer. Jeremy is Talc's Senior Vice President of Worldwide Operations. Jeremy, welcome to the Travel Guys. Well, thank you for the kind words, and thank you for having me. You guys have been back on the road a little bit this spring. What has been the reaction of the people who have been traveling with you so far? Yeah, we, we've been very fortunate uh, to have started operations over the last couple of months here. And, and the way I would answer that question is, first and foremost, let's talk about safety, right? Uh, in addition to all the usual concerns and, and hopes and dreams of travel, Uh, During COVID times, uh, will I be safe? Will I be comfortable has been paramount. And the great news is, as we have started up, I can honestly say that uh, our guests have felt safe. Um, In terms of the protocols that have been put in place by, I I think, any of the partners that folks will will sort of visit with as they travel, uh, in terms of the way people are conducting themselves, I I don't want to minimize it, guys. But I think you can check the box that people are feeling safe as, as, as they're out there. Uh, some other good things, uh, not a lot of people in the destinations, right? Uh, if you're eager, now is a great time to go uh, because certainly it's not crowded as we start up. That's a benefit. Uh, and definitely the other thing is uh, destinations have been so starved of folks visiting them that the the warmth and the reception that our guests are getting when they're getting out there on the road is something that we haven't seen in a long time. There is a real eagerness for people to reconnect and for people to take care of each other, and, and that's a wonderful thing. On the downside, you know, um, traveling with social distancing and with masks, it, it's not ideal. Uh, people get accustomed to it. Uh, but things like dinner, um, where there may be uh, less wait staff or no salt and pepper on the table, things like that, it is a bit of a disruption, but nothing that anybody is really complaining about or staying away from. 
Jeremy, I have to ask, uh, in the process of setting up your tours and taking folks places, are you running into problems with trying to find things to do when you get there? What's open, what's not? How is, how is that uh, as a challenge for uh, tour directors at this particular point for you and Tauk? Great question. The good news is, on balance, most things, well, let me take a step back. Something is either opened or closed, right? So you can either go to a destination or you can't. If you can go, we are finding that most things are open, but the specific specifics have changed, excuse me. So our tour directors, who've always been trained to sort of think on the fly and adjust, have been able to navigate their way through um, if a restaurant, instead of having a full buffet for breakfast, for example, those aren't happening at the moment, right? A lot of it is now room service and getting your breakfast into go boxes, things of that nature. Um, luckily, that's what we do for our bread and butter, and that's what our tour directors have been able to respond to. So the long answer, the, the long and the short of it is we are able to go. Most things are open and things are changed versus being closed. I think the key word right now is if you want to travel, there are some advantages. As you mentioned, in some places there are fewer people, but there are also fewer yep. people to help you. And so yep. uh, what I've told people, Jeremy, is the key word right now is the F word, flexibility. If you are a little yeah. bit flexible and you don't mind going down in the morning to breakfast and being told, here's your to-go bag, and uh, please don't eat it in the lobby, um, then you're probably going to be okay traveling. But if you're somebody that has to have you know, all your little luxuries and everything fall right into place for you to have a good time, then this is probably not the best time for for you to hit the road, Jeremy. I see from uh, from Talk's uh, information that you've that you've shared with the media that uh, you've you've kind of select you've limited yourself a little bit to select destinations mm-hmm. around the country. Obviously, the whole international situation is still up in the air. Um, in thirty seconds or less, here, can you give folks an idea of some of the places that you are operating tours to um, this season? Yeah, happy to. Generally speaking, people are going to destinations uh, where you can physically distance yourself. So think of national parks uh, where there is a lot of space. So Yellowstone, Yosemite, Grand Canyon. Um, But also think of places like Michigan or uh, Charleston, Savannah. Generally, uh, we are not operating in large urban environments, but anywhere where there is sort of a resort and there's nature and lots of open space, that's where people want to go right now. It's where they can go right now, and it's where we're operating. Awesome, awesome. I I, I concur with you about 110%. Jeremy, let's talk a little bit about um, the history. By the way, we have Jeremy Palmer from Tauk, big travel company, formerly known as Tauk Tours. Uh, Jeremy, your company has a long and storied history. It is in, in many corners credited with the Tauk family is is – credited with starting this industry, the escorted tour industry, many years ago. Um, give us a, a, just a little a Reader's Digest version, perhaps, of how the company got started. And there's a, there's a very famous story about an advertisement that was placed on a very infamous day <laughs> when the company was, was kicking off. If you could share that, I would, I would love it. Yeah, no, my pleasure. Uh, yeah, look, we are 96 years young, um, and it all started back in the 1920s uh, with Arthur Tauk Sr. And basically, uh, this was an entrepreneur who had got fired from his job in a bank 
and he uh, came up with a product that he was selling. And as he was going around the Northeast selling it, he's like, man, this is a, this is beautiful countryside. Other people should be seeing this. And so he started bringing people with him, uh, six guests and an old Studebaker, and he'd take care of the hotels, he'd take care of the meals, and he'd drive them around New England, um, showing them initially when sort of the leaves would change. And from those humble beginnings, uh, just the sort of the, the evolution of the American travel industry has gone. Uh, Tauk was there every step of the way uh, in, in terms of opening up, um, you know, the West in terms of the national parks, uh, chartering airliners for the first time, going over to Europe, the, the, the whole evolution. Um, we, we've gone through the whole way. And, you know, while we have been successful because at the end of the day, um, we don't own uh, hotels or ships, although we use all of those. We've always been focused on the guests. Um, we've always had a sense of purpose, put our people first, put our guests first, and our internal mantra is do the right thing by people. That, that's essentially the secret sauce to talc. Um, but you know, some of the ways we've ended up here, uh, there are some fun stories, and the one you're referring to is most of our business comes from word of mouth. Uh, we don't do a lot of advertising, and that is a conscious decision. But if you wanna be honest about how it really started, um, Arthur Tauk Sr. back uh, in the 1940s, uh, you know, the business started slowly and he started to get some traction and he's like, okay, I'm going to start advertising. I'm going to take out a full page, uh, page ad, which he had to borrow for and, you know, all of that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so he was excited. He was ready to go. And the ad was due to run on December 7th, 1941. Um, obviously, we all know that that was not the most opportune timing. Um, and we ended up having to actually shutter the business for four years, uh, given World War II. Uh, and we gave all our guest vouchers, some of which were redeemed in the 1970s, believe it or not. Um, wow. But ever since then, although, yeah, although we are driven by word of mouth, uh, it, it, truth be told, that's part of the reason that we don't like to advertise. We don't have a great track record with it. <laughs> Bad timing, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Boy, it's, Please, it's a great story. It, it, it's it's a little sad to think that, you know, a yeah. man borrowed money and and kind of put all his eggs in a basket. And that turned out to be of all the baskets you could put them in. But, you know, the story has a happy ending. Here you are all these years later. And Jeremy and, and Tauk is looked upon, I'm certain, by those certainly by those of us who sell similar types of products. I, I, I can remember starting my business up and being a few years into it and reading an evaluation one day and somebody writing down that um, they had frequently traveled with previously with Tauk Tours and that they wanted to compliment me and say this tour was every bit as good as um, as those trips they had been on with Tauk. And I have told people for many years that one of the greatest compliments that you can give our company is to compare us to your company. So uh, There you go. Okay. Yeah, well. It's, Very it's you guys have set an incredible standard and uh, something that the rest of us, not only it gives us a standard to to follow, but it also uh, does something wonderful for our industry. And that is shows people that really wonderful, unique experiences can be found on uh, in traveling with groups, that there are advantages sometimes and that there are companies that are very good at, at exploiting those advantages or going out and finding them and digging them up and creating them. And that's what Talc has been known for for all of these years is really uh, an exceptional travel experience. I'm very happy to read and hear that you are back on the road. And uh, we will put a link to Talc at TravelGuysRadio.com. So if you have an interest in looking up uh, some of their product, what they have to offer 
uh, during these. As COVID starts, we hope to wind down a little bit while you can go there and check it out. Jeremy, I want to thank you for your time. And uh, is there anything that we have not covered before we let you go? No, I look, I, I just thank you both. And, and as I said at the beginning, if you feel comfortable, um, get out there and travel. Um, the, the, the world is turning and the time is right. And just I encourage you to get out there. You'll be happy. I couldn't agree with you more. It's uh, th- There are not too many people out there, but those who are out there are so happy to have gone further than the grocery store. And wouldn't you say, Tom? I absolutely, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Go d- travel now, you know. And, and, and I think, you know, uh, Mark, you said it best. Uh, what was what was the F word? Flexibility. Yeah, flexible. Yeah, flexibility. Flexible. If you're, you got to be flexible. Uh, Jeremy, it's been a, such a pleasure. And and from you know, I'm the broadcast guy that knows the travel guy. I help Mark put together the shows and ask the common guy questions. I have to say, to sit here surrounded by a national, you know, legend, Tauk, and uh, sports leisure vacation, and Mark, a local legend. Uh, it is 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 quite a pleasure, and you know there aren't many there aren't many people like Mark that would basically put his competition on the radio with him. So it's been it's been a pleasure and very exciting to to see this go down. Wonderful. Have a great day. And don't forget now, link to uh, Talk, formerly Talk Tours. It's hard to say that without wanting to say tours. Yeah, uh, at tra- at travelguysradio.com. We have a, something from earlier in the program here I didn't quite have time for, which is we were talking about vacationing without a vaccination. And the reality is that more and more destinations are saying that you need to have a vaccination before you, uh, before you arrive, before you're let in. Not only countries, uh, the state of Hawaii is going to be joining that list most likely within the next few weeks. Uh, cruise ships uh, going to the ballpark. Um, so it's, it's, if you've got a real legitimate reason for not having a vaccination, then there you are. But if you are kind of sitting on the fence, there's a lot of things you may not be able to do. Um, these folks have, you know, they're private business owners and they can kind of handle things the way they want to. So we require folks to be vaccinated to travel with us. And it really hasn't been a big issue. I have to tell you. Plus now places are saying, well, if all your folks are vaccinated, we can take you in ways and do things that we couldn't do otherwise. So there you go. Well, and then as you pointed out with the uh, the ballparks now, they're, those that are vaccinated uh, are, are having a section all unto their own. Uh, and uh, slowly but surely, the ballparks are coming back to uh, oh, about 10% or 20, 20% of capacity at the moment. Yes, Well, they that's are. about it. Next week, folks, we'll be back with more uh, more travel guys. Mark, what yes. are we doing next week? What are we do? What are we doing next week? I had it around here someplace, but it's already gone away. We'll have a great program for you. Dance like nobody's <laughs> watching. <laughs> All right, my friends, you stay well. We'll see you next week right here on the radio. He never has the time to turn around.